The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Well, we're back at it, Colin. Fucking a couple of lunch pail guys, you know, we're always working. Golly, that's me. <laughs> Podcasting away. It's Wednesday night here. We're staring down the barrel of the Tennessee game, a game we once hoped would be the highlight of our year. Yep, that's right. We were supposed to be 4 0 going to this game. Yeah, we were going to be 4 yeah, 0. Tennessee. Our plan, we, we spent, uh, I don't know, several tens of thousands of dollars on this tailgate, right? By my math. I don't know. I haven't yeah, talked to our accountant. We're lucky. And, and the first, and it's going to be at 11 a.m., mm-hmm. which we hate. And uh, it's now it's like an 80% chance of rain. So, yeah. God, the great magnet of the sky, Buddha, whoever you believe in, well, whoever it is. He hates us. <laughs> yeah, we we uh, put a lot of time, money, and energy into this tailgate, and we said there's th- only three things we can't control. We can't control when the game is played, but just as long as it's not an 11 o'clock start time, we'll be okay. Well, we got the uh, 11 o'clock start time, obviously. Yep, and then sure. we we couldn't control the weather, of course. No one can, except for, of course, the government with their chemtrails, but we'll get into that later. Um, sure. Uh, 80% chance of rain, so that's totally fucked in the ass for that. And then the third thing that we couldn't control was Mizzou sucking. So, but it turned, we hear. turns out we're two and two with a recent loss to Boston College. So all the things that we couldn't control went against us for this tailgate, yet we're plowing ahead anyway because we're not smart fellas. Nope. And we like to plow. <laughs> That's right. Well, why don't we talk about this Tennessee game, Colin? Are you ready to do that? Not really, but okay. Okay. Well, Tennessee's no good either. Uh, Tennessee's not a great squad. They're coached by Josh Heupel, who I've increasingly learned to dislike. I didn't really hate him before, but I'm, I'm he's a Tennessee coach. I mean, I'm not going to like him. Well, I noticed the uh, the Tennessee press has, has taken a nasty turn against him because he scheduled Akron instead of Army. Is that right? I hadn't heard and, a word yeah. about this. Oh, yeah. So he's, he's pissed off a lot of people because of the, uh, the Army game, I guess, is a tradition for Tennessee. Hmm. Uh, tradition that honors the coach Nealon, who the stadium's named after, who you know, basically had to put his coaching career on hold twice, I guess, to actually serve in the World Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I guess Tennessee has the first ever ROTC and like the Army and the military and Tennessee. They're all they're sort of kindred spirits in a sort. And so uh, the athletic department kicked Army to the curb and then they didn't tell anybody till like this week. Hmm. even though they could have told people, like, I guess, several weeks ago and decided not to, which makes you feel like maybe they knew it wasn't going to be a super popular uh, decision. But anyway, I've seen that Heupel and the athletic director are taking some heat for that because, you know, troops or whatever. Yeah. Well, I was uh, I was referring to something differently, thing that uh, ground my gears, I guess, a little bit. Now, really, it's a matter of you can take it in a bunch of different ways, and I choose to take it in the way that's the most offensive to me. Um, sure. uh, Dave Matter tweeted earlier today that, uh, referring to his two years at Missouri, volunteers coach Josh Heupel said that those MU teams, and, and quoting here, rebuilt the culture from the ground floor, in my opinion, and said it was an awesome two years for me and my family. And you're thinking, Brendan, how can you be offended by that? Well, he coached us in two very mediocre years. And the coach before him did nothing but fucking win, 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 and win some more. And so the fact that yeah. he... <laughs> yeah, that he had to rebuild from the Gary Pinkle area. Everybody knows what a stink fest that was. <laughs> now, I'm guessing that he's referring probably to the 2015 protest and the disarray that happened at the end of Gary Pinkle's tenure. But 
I don't know. I don't think he rebuilt the culture at Mizzou. Do you think Barry Odom or Josh Heupel rebuilt the culture of our football team? If he rebuilt it into anything, it's a perennial 500 team. A guy who leaves his team high and dry to go watch a bowl game of the team that he's going to be coaching probably doesn't have a lot to say about anybody's culture. Yeah. I mean, you talk about a guy who just says, hey, young man, I want you to be the best you can be, and I am going to flip you off and leave the second I get a nickel from another team. Well, Fuck you. Literally skips a game to go to watch a game. Yeah, a bowl game. It's not like he had to coach his new team. Love you guys, but fuck off. See you later. Yeah. Meanwhile, Scott Frost, who just got the job at Nebraska there, stuck around and coached his bowl game. But, uh, and we don't have any love for that fucking guy, but Josh Heupel, he, uh, he did what many, many coaches do and he lied to our face and abandoned us when we needed him most. Uh, so fuck off. You know what I mean? Like, well, uh, I, I tell you one thing, Brendan, that's concerning to me personally is like, would you, of course, Josh Heupel was at Mizzou. And so we're familiar with him. Mm-hmm. And I saw some of the press conference that you're referring to, and I didn't realize that Josh Heupel, every passing year, Josh Heupel's chin retreats further into his neck. Oh, he has the and weakest really chin in college football. Point, yeah, I mean, at some point, there's just not going to be chin. There's just going to be neck. Yeah. And it's, it's I'm worried about him, honestly. Well, Josh Heupel's chin is going the way of Eli Drinkwitz's hairline. I don't know if you saw Drinkwitz's press conference regarding this game, but his comb over is getting to emergency levels at this point. And <laughs> yeah, it's time to it's time to go crop. Yeah, this is hot football talk, Brendan. But Heupel and Drinkwitz both have uh, things to uh, address. You got to be careful of Heupel because when he feels threatened, he'll inflate his neck sack. <laughs> and uh, it's very, very threatening, and I feel like the zoo players need to be prepared for that. And, well, it can be uh, confusing, too, can... because his neck sack is also his – when he's in his mating ritual, he inflates the yeah, same neck sack. You don't sack. know whether he's horny or mad. It's crazy. It's <laughs> disturbing. Mm-hmm. And, and be careful, Mizzou team, uh, and and really fans in general. I mean, I, I he may also spit. We don't really know at this point. Yeah, Josh Heupel does and, have the, the weak chin of uh, Peter Griffin. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, the always present topic of uh, – Eli Drinkwood's hairline, yeah, uh, which is which is retreating like our defensive line, and nobody's keeping track of it closer than we are. We're all over this yeah, t- sure. this uh, subject. I mean, we are talking about a show that has the Kirk Farmer's hair player of the game, so voluptuous heads of hair are something we feel confident talking about, along with football. Uh, you, frankly, I'd rather have Eli's weak hairline than uh, Heupel's weak chin. Because you can wear a wig yes. or a hat. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's there's lots of bald people. You just shave your head. People get used to it. But people aren't used to people's you know face just turning into a neck. They're used to a jawline and a, and a chin. Yeah, no, you know, he makes Peter Griffin look like Batman as far as square jaws go. <laughs> yeah, he's a lantern jaw, barrel-chested hero. <laughs> yeah, it's always disturbing when somebody's when they are missing a clear facial feature. Yeah, yeah, like eyebrows, for instance. <laughs> um, that's why Josh Jobs are so scary. But yeah. uh Anyway, Mizzou is not good at football. Yeah, we're seven minutes in and we get to that. But good news, Tennessee isn't either. Tennessee's two and two and has some ugly losses. The uh, completely movable object versus the... uh, Utterly stoppable force. (laughs) Exactly. You nailed it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's, uh, as Paul would say, it's as far as great college matchups go, this will not qualify. Yeah, this is this is a hairdresser slap fight. This is what that's what this is. So Tennessee lost to Pitt early in the season, forty-one to thirty-four, in a rock fight, and uh, they recently lost to Florida, thirty-eight to fourteen. Interestingly, Dan Mullen said, despite the lopsided victory, uh, Dan Mullen really thinks Tennessee looks to be moving in the right direction. Hey, by the way, Fatoni called that spread. I hope you took his advice. Oh, I always do. I always do. I trust the man, um, but you know. 38 to 14. I feel like that's a score that we are looking at if we play Florida, but 
That's what Tennessee got beat by. They're not intimidating, but as you said last week on the show, Colin, until Missouri proves that they can play a modicum of defense, you can't pick them. You know, you're unpickable when they only have one side of the field to play with. Most of the time, teams are reticent to say too much or don't, they don't want to give anybody bulletin board material. We saw last week how something sort of inane or innocuous can be turned into a fucking tidal wave. Right. Drinkwitz mentioned the gray state of Massachusetts. But that's not, people aren't even worried about that with Missouri's defense anymore. Like literally, they've got running backs that. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Play for Tennessee, they're literally to the press being like, we're expecting to have a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, they're like, they're real. I mean, they might as well just say they're really bad and we're going to kick a mud hole and walk them dry. And I guess our defensive line just has to, I mean, they can put it up on the bulletin board. I don't know if it helps. Well, at the end of the day, if you can't do anything about it, you're just a kid waiting to get shoved into a locker. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing you can do about it. You can. Are you going to get bullied forever? Yeah. Uh, you can be mad, but you're still undersized. So you're still going to get shoved in that locker. I was listening to an SEC podcast today, which, you know, uh, the USA Today one. They talked about Mizzou a little bit. And one of the things they talked about was they had assumed that our defensive line was going to be a strength. And it is our, by far, our greatest weakness. And so I feel like. Not just we were bamboozled, they were bamboozled. Everybody's bamboozled by this line. There's got to be things we can do different. I don't know what those things are. They don't pay me to do that, but that's Wilkes guy better figure it out. Well, Colin, Drinkwitz during his press conference today said something that, frankly, I just didn't agree with. And I don't know if it's just coach speak because he's got to take some heat off of his defense. But I want to read you a quote. And maybe you heard this earlier, but uh, for our listeners, Drink said, I think the biggest thing in this football team that everybody's got to understand is it's not a defensive problem. It's every phase of that game that multiple plays could have won the game. We got a penalty on special teams on the last drive that gave them 15 yards for no reason. After the fact, after the whistle blown, penalty. That's a discipline issue. That comes back to the head football coach. Offensively, we had two turnovers. We kick a field goal in the red zone because we have a negative play on first and 10 call. 
Those are things we got to get corrected for everybody. So this isn't a defensive problem. Look, everybody can point out issues. It's how we find the solutions. For me, that's my job and find out how we get this whole organization running the right way. Now, well, here's what I have to say about this, Colin. I don't agree with it because, yes, there were issues. Yes, there were two turnovers. Yes, there were penalties we didn't need. But though, that's always going to happen. No football game is perfect. You're picking out the problems that aren't the defense to show that it's not all the defense. But the thing is, if the defense was even close to mediocre, we would still win despite the things that happen on offense or special teams. Yeah. It's a defense problem. He's protecting yeah, his defense here. It's not right. You're getting up 275 yards on the ground consistently. That's a defensive problem. And part of the reason you're in a situation where those penalties have such impact on the game and part of the reason those turnovers are so devastating is because you know that your defense can't stop anybody. You know, if your defense got a few stops and you're up by two touchdowns, it's a little easier to absorb an interception or, or a penalty that puts you in the field goal range. I understand what he's doing. He is trying to let, he's trying to lay cover fire for his defense. I get it. But I think anybody with an IQ over 81 knows that he's laying cover fire and knows that it is absolutely a defensive problem. You know, this defense is the problem. God, you know, people are saying, well, you're, you're letting drink off the hook when we blame Odom's bad recruiting for the problems we've faced. But keep in mind when we talk about the poor recruiting and the thin, small sized linebackers we have, this is a COVID year. They, we have a bunch of super seniors. Every team in America should be a little less thin this year, has have a, had a little bit of extra help because guys got to stick around and play for a fifth year. So, Imagine if this wasn't a COVID year. Imagine if we didn't have these super seniors. How fucked would we be then? Brendan, our friend uh, Jake Crane at the J Boy Show is supposed to be supposedly going to be talking about Mizzou on his show. And one of the things he's going to talk about is how it's not a defensive scheme problem and how it's a personnel problem, which is much worse. Hmm. And that is that is the pretext for his show he's going to do on Mizzou. So it's not just us. You know, it's not just. <laughs> I think he's got a pretty good eye for football, and he sees the same thing. Like, we just don't have the horses in the stable. Like I said, I don't want to leave Wilkes off the hook. I mean, people are out of position. That's one thing. If, if people aren't tackling, that's one thing. But it's hard for me to blame a scheme when a defensive tackle isn't laying a glove on a running back an entire game. That doesn't matter what scheme you're running. That means an offensive lineman is absolutely swallowing your defensive lineman whole. If they're not getting a glove on anybody, no matter what scheme you're running. Like I said, I'm not saying Wilkes is the answer, and I'm not advocating for, oh, he's a good coach and you guys just aren't giving it. He may be a terrible coach. At this point, it's hard to know. But what I can tell you is, is that the scheme is not the issue. It's it's these football players. Now, the good news is, is Missouri had a really good recruiting class last year, drinks first, and they've even have an even better one this year. So horses are coming to the stable, but there just ain't enough horses right now. And Blaze Aldridge makes some good plays, but he's undersized. And, and most of our linebackers are, and it's just, goddamn guys, we haven't got to Georgia yet. You know, we haven't got to Florida. You know, Tennessee's going to have some some legit SEC talent. The sad point is, thing is, is this could get worse before it gets better. If you think getting a slugfest with Boston College and Kentucky and losing is painful, I mean, at least we were in those games, but because it, it can get a whole lot worse, and it might. Well, the one thing that gives me a little hope, Colin, is that uh, one that Tennessee is already we know to be bad, but they're also thin at offensive line, which may give our defensive linemen. Well, in a normal circumstance, oh, that'll give our guys a chance to to show themselves and rebound a little bit. But fuck, don't you think Tennessee's linemen, even the backups, are going to be better than a Boston College line lineman? I don't know, but Tennessee is running low on linemen. They've got an injured center. They got a guard playing tackle on a former walk on, having to rush back into the lineup because of 
injuries. They are super thin at the offensive line. And if we have any hope of, I don't know, our defensive line shedding blocks. If we can't get any tackles or pressure with the defensive line this week, then that, that uh-oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because it ain't going to get easier, it sounds like, at, at any other I mean, no other team we're going to face is going to be as thin at the offensive line position. So, <sighs> yeah. Well, anyway, Colin, we, we get into the show here. We're going to have Adam Sparks, not that Adam Sparks. I know you know that name from Mizzou football, but it's not that guy. It's the beat writer for the Knoxville News Sentinel. He's going to join us to tell us what he has seen with this Tennessee Volunteers football team and give us his expectations on how this game might go based on that. And, uh, I'm, very curious to hear what he what he has to say because I'm sure things aren't going great in Knoxville. I'm sure people aren't thrilled about this two and two start. I know he's probably like Drinkwitz going to you know Heupel's going to have a first year sort of honeymoon period, but that won't last long. People don't like losing. I'm I'm eager to hear what his thoughts are and he, if he thinks Mizzou has a chance because I'm so down in the dumps these days that I can't find myself saying yeah I'll take Mizzou. Well, until Mizzou stops somebody on defense, uh, I mean, I just I, honestly, and, and maybe North Texas is the only game I'll say that yeah, they probably win that one. Mm-hmm. But oh, I mean, yeah. Vanderbilt, right now, Brennan, we're looking at four wins. And if, if shit doesn't change. Well, we're going to have, like I said, Adam Sparks on to talk about it. We're also going to get picks from Corey Fatoni, and then we'll wrap this thing up. And uh, I guess we'll make our picks, Colin. I don't know how to do it. Missouri is the three-point favorite at home for the 11 o'clock start game at Memorial. pick them when you're a home team. Yeah, that's right. We'll find out. Let's get going on the show. Listen to Adam Sparks and Corey Fatoni, and we'll be right back. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Going to throw it. Slam. This bug's for you. Receiver wide open. It's Tyler Beatty with the first touchdown of the Eli Drinkwitz era at Missouri. Don't be afraid to be great. It don't get no better than that, man. He's like wide open receiver across midfield. Still going. Missouri. Amazing. First the night. This is the Mazzotcast. Joining us now is Adam Sparks from the Knoxville News Sentinel. He covers this Tennessee team, and uh, I just want to clarify from the get-go, you're not the Adam Sparks that uh, Mizzou fans are uh, familiar with, correct? Um, I'm not the Adam Sparks that Mizzou fans would know. Yeah, actually, our, our nice reference point for him, because when he first was coming out of high school, he initially committed to Vanderbilt, and I was the beat writer covering Vanderbilt at the time, so... I was Adam Sparks with a byline writing a story about Adam Sparks coming to Vandy. He decommitted later and obviously went to Missouri. But the joke around the Vandy beat was that this town can only have one Adam Sparks. So either he had to go or I had to go. So <laughs> he never he never came, and I stayed on the beat a little longer. You know, I don't think most people would have bet the, the sports writer over the football player and kicking somebody out of town, you know. <laughs> it, did, it did make some. It did make some for some funny stuff on Twitter because when I was putting up the headline, Adam Sparks commits to Vanderbilt, I would put up an old photo of like me in high school from you know like eighteen <laughs> years earlier. Sure. And then finally, finally, somebody offered me. You know, kind of <laughs> still had eligibility. <laughs> well, you're you're with the. Uh this Tennessee team now, and it's kind of an interesting year for, uh, I guess, both Missouri and Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee sits at two and two, kind of a different path to get there than Missouri has had. Just give us an overview of what this volunteer season has looked like so far and how has it gone according to the expectations? Well, I mean, it's it's kind of gone, I guess, 
if you ask me after this game, I can tell you a little better if it's reach expectations or not. Because they they beat Bowling Green, they beat Tennessee Tech, they lost to Florida. Those are all completely predictable. Their, their toss-up games really is how Josh Heupel is going to be judged in his first year. And toss-up games would be Pittsburgh, Missouri, South Carolina, maybe Kentucky, uh, maybe even Ole Miss, but probably not at this point. Lane Kiffin's got it rolling pretty well there. But so if you just take those like four games, um, do you, do you split those? Do you win most, lose most? Well, they lost Pittsburgh in week two. And so if they lose this Missouri game, that's 0-2 in toss-up games. If they beat Missouri, then they're sort of back on track. And I think back on track is somewhere around maybe bowl eligibility, 6-6 six and six kind of range. And uh, if they win this one, I think they could be on track for that. If they lose this one, it's going to be it's going to be a tough way to get to bowl eligibility. So there's a whole lot, I think, for Hypo year one that hinges on this game. And it doesn't even bring into the equation the fact that Josh Heupel coached here for a long time. Missouri fans know Josh Heupel. You know, you mentioned these games that could go either way. I feel like Missouri has had two already, and they lost them both. And so a lot of Mizzou fans, I think, have just lost confidence that they can put anything in the win category, short of maybe, you know, North Texas. But Tennessee, they have their own deficiencies, and it kind of it looks like their offensive line is incredibly thin right now. You can tell us a little bit more about that. Of course, Missouri's defensive line has been abysmal this year, so it's kind of the battle of uh, the easily movable object versus the completely stoppable force. Is that what our line play is going to look like on Saturday? I think so. I think that's, that maybe would, would say we're probably in for a high-scoring game. Yeah, I mean, that their, yeah, their offensive line was already had some issues coming into the year. They Tennessee got hit by the portal as bad as anybody did. A lot of that happened because Jeremy Pruitt was fired. They're under an NCAA investigation. So, you know, a lot of players jumped ship and went elsewhere. They lost their their top two running backs. They lost their best linebacker to Alabama. Um, they lost uh, they lost two uh, offensive tackles, and that's where the problem started up front. So they lost both their both their tackles in the portal. They've had some guys injured. Um, they have a a early round NFL draft caliber um, guard, Cade Mays, who used to be at Georgia. Is going to be a high draft pick, but he's playing tackle because they're out of tackle. So uh, their their center coming into this game may miss. He's already missed two games for uh, for an injury. Cooper Mays, the brother of Cade Mays, and so they've got they've got backups starting. They've got guys playing out of position. They've got injuries. They already had depth issues, and and that's a lot of the problems with Josh Heupel's offense right now. It's been fine. It's been this is sort of a proof of concept year for him. Obviously, he went through that same thing when he inherited a bad offense at Missouri and turned them into a very, very good offense in year one. I think maybe the differences, there's a few differences between that year and this year, uh, those situations for Josh Heupel. One is I think he had a better quarterback, obviously, a better quarterback situation to work with at, at Missouri with Drew Locke. And secondly, that offensive line just played phenomenal in his first year, and that was such a young offensive line. This is not a young offensive line, but it's not terribly talented or experienced, and um, they just have not given him the push up front that he had in that first year at Missouri that really kick-started that offense faster than this one. 
that offense, we are very curious to see what it will look like because, because our defense has been so weak, obviously, that throughout the first four games of the season. But also there were frustrations at Missouri with Josh Heupel occasionally because he did go so fast and all the time, no matter what the circumstance. Sometimes we called him the fastest three and out in college football uh, because it didn't give our defenses a breather when things didn't go right, you know. And so Missouri fans have seen the good in Josh Heupel's offense because he did score lots of points for us and win us some games. And we've also seen when it didn't go as according to plan. I, I think I'm as curious to see Tennessee this year as, as ever, really, in this you know short rivalry, I guess, that Missouri and Tennessee kind of have. But what, what are the other stars that Tennessee has that Missouri needs to look for, maybe on the defensive side of the ball, to stop Connor Basilak and, and uh, Tyler Beatty? Well, and, and before I can get to that point, let me just say I'm 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 also interested in seeing how this plays out with Hypo over this year, next year, so on, because the difference in that too is that at Missouri he was in charge of offense and that's all he was in charge of. And obviously that helped him get the Central Florida job. As a head coach, you know, you've got to protect your defense. Uh, you're not you can't be one sided now. He calls the plays. He talks about at halftime he meets only with the offense. Um, so he's an offensive head coach, but, you know, he could, he could get, he gets a contract extension or gets fired, you know, a few years from now based on the whole body of work, not just how many yards and points his offense puts up. Right. I think it's a little different now, the accountability side of it. A defense, um, I've been somewhat pleasantly surprised. I mean, there was, there looked to be a lot of deficiencies in defense and they still have them. Um, they're slightly better than I thought they would be. Um, Tennessee's got, uh, they're serviceable up front. We thought maybe they would struggle a lot up front. They've been serviceable. Um, that if, if they can get a pass rush, which has been a big question all off season, then, then they're so much better than, than without one. Better than I think most defenses because this is a defense that wants to, wants to bring pressure. They just necessarily don't have the personnel to do that. So it's, it's the intent versus the execution. And when they've, had the execution, it looks like a pretty good defense. Uh, they just haven't had it that much. You know, uh, Tyler Barron uh, and Byron Young are their edge rushers, so if you hear their name a lot, things are going pretty well. If you don't, probably not. Theo Jackson plays their star position, sort of that hybrid safety linebacker nickel guy. Um, he, he's the most productive guy just in terms of being around the ball tackles and so on and so forth. They've got the forced turnovers. They didn't force any in the first two games. They then got a ton of uh, interceptions against Tennessee Tech, uh, FCS team, and then they uh, they ripped out a fumble or two last week, and so they've they've sort of turned the corner turnovers wise. But I just think so much of this is going to be dependent on which defense can get a few stops, because I think Missouri's offense is going to score, score fast, score a lot. I think Tennessee's offense is probably going to do something similar. So whichever defense can get, you know stops on back-to-back drives or can get a couple of turnovers. I think that's the team that's going to win the game because I think the two offenses uh, will go as far as that, that they need to, just whichever defense can play best. Gosh, it does sound like a couple of teams that both have a lot of optimism for the future but are learning quickly that it's not going to come overnight. <laughs> it's going to be a struggle for both of these teams. But very evenly matched, like you say, do you have a prediction for how this is going to go? Yeah, sort of what I set up is, is where, why I'm gonna, I'm gonna lean Tennessee a little bit. We, we make a pick in the paper here, just like everybody else does. And I think I, mine was Tennessee 38-35, Tennessee 35-34, something like that. Basically just taking the, the line, which I think is around three points for Missouri and flipping it. Uh, that, that's based purely on 
a leap of faith to say that Tennessee's defense is maybe a, a, a tenth of a step ahead of Missouri's defense. I could easily see this going the other way. Yeah, the only thing that, that, that will surprise me in this game is if, is if we have a, a low scoring game. A blowout wouldn't even surprise me on either side. Mm-hmm. A high-scoring close game wouldn't surprise me. A low-scoring game would surprise me. Uh, yeah, I don't think you're alone there. Yeah, I also imagine it uh, it, it helps you decide to take a three-point for the home team there, or for for your home team there, if uh, just based on the number of angry tweets and emails you get if you if you pick Missouri. <laughs> that's right. That's right. If you get if it's a field goal, either way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Save, save yourself some misery. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much, Adam Sparks. Not that Adam Sparks for joining us and filling us in on this Tennessee team. It will be an interesting matchup. Uh, hope you enjoy your trip to Columbia. All right. I'll be there. Good deal. Appreciate it. See big dreams between his ears. Gonna watch his boys play ball today. Over 17, 18 bears. Got an ashtray full of GPCs. Got stained up fingertips. But fellas like old Jimmy here is the best they got to give. It's a great butt plug of Dixieland. Same damn song by the same old band Half with checkered overalls Tennessee can lick my balls Well, the boys just got the brains kicked in That gum, that forward pass So we found some kid on a message board Gonna threaten to whoop his kid ass But it's all downhill from Jimmy here That short-term memory loss by Monday, he's the most trouble-free fellow that you run across. It's a great butt plug of Dixieland. Same damn song by the same old band. Thick can't swig in melon balls. Tennessee can lick my balls. There's a tooth in his head for every win they're gonna get on Saturday. Whisker on his chin for every poor star kid that they're gonna have to pay. It's a great butt plug of Dixieland, same damn song by the same old band. Burned out muffler mating calls, Tennessee can lick my balls. The city of Knoxville, lick my balls. Dollar tablecloth looking in zone, lick my balls. Smokey the blue tick hound. my ball. Tennessee can make my ball. Hey, yo, my Zodcast fans. It's your old pal, Corbabone here. So, I'm just sitting here in Newark, and I'm looking at the paper, and I'm going to tell you how to bet. First and foremost, Arkansas, Georgia. Good matchup. I hate both these teams with a fiery passion of a thousand sons. But 18 and a half for Georgia? Give me a break. Uh, this Arkansas team, man, they're playing good, they're playing well. I don't think uh, Georgia's got more than two touchdowns on them. I mean, I listen, I think Georgia will win. I think everybody knows Georgia will win. But, you know, Arkansas is playing very quiet football right now. And uh, they got a big chip on the shoulder. Maybe you made a big chip. But it's a chip nonetheless. 
So I'm going to tell you, you know, they ain't going to cover that. There's going to be less than a two-touchdown uh, victory for Georgia, which means you're going to win money. Next, we got Florida and Kentucky. It's negative eight and a half for the Florida Gators, which means they expect them to win by eight and a half points, which is ludicrous because just opposite of the last game I told you about, I don't think uh, Florida's going to have any trouble here with Kentucky. I think uh, Florida's going to win by ten-plus points, uh, so uh, take that one. Take that to the bank, make a little money, uh, buy a little pasta bazole with it, but I'm good, uh, bottle of wine and, uh, enjoy a, a fine meal on my dime. The next game I'm gonna tell you is gonna be Alabama, Old Miss. So, uh, I don't know what the fuck is going on here. Everybody says, Old Miss, Old Miss, Macaral, boobity bobbity boobity ba. Who gives a ass fuck? Alabama is heads and tails better than this football team. I know everybody wants to believe Old Miss is gonna have some fucking magic and they're gonna beat Alabama, but, uh, both didn't have enough, guys. Unfortunately, I'm looking for three touchdowns here, probably by the end of the game. That's what I'm seeing. So there's your three games. You're going to bet them. You're going to make money. If you did last week, you definitely made money. So uh, anyway, don't forget my taste. I'm going to wet my beak any time I can get there. All right, boys. Have a good weekend. Go Mizzou and all that. M-I-Z. seen rocky mountains and great lakes I've stood beneath a redwood tree But wherever I go my heart aches For a place called Tennessee Flows like wine And the meth labs are divine Oh, I want to be Where the sweet tobacco grows And it's picked by poor Negroes in Tennessee It's a place where dueling banjos play And the mountain folk run free Where all the children can spell KKK But cannot spell Tennessee Every cheek is filled with chew And no one's ever seen a Jew Oh, I want to be Where the hot dogs are deep fried That's the reason Elvis died Tennessee
preacher shout That if you can't, you best get out Hospitality's a thing Just ask Martin Luther King Shot in Tennessee The birthplace of Aretha Queen of Soul B.B. King and Al Gore Well I'm not saying it's a shithole But they don't live there anymore Oh I want to see Mountain Dew in every cup All the dentists just gave up Oh, come with me In my flatbed pickup truck It's where the classy ladies fuck in Tennessee Oh, in Tennessee Well, there you have it. That's the best analysis you can ask for for zero dollars and zero cents i think well he knows our defense is terrible which i thought was gonna be really hard to see but apparently he picked that up too (laughs) yeah kudos to him for having that keen eye for college football i don't know colin it's uh i think what i'm seeing a lot from our, our local media is that basically the idea is that if mizzou wants to win this game essentially the offense will have to be perfect and it's not fair to ask them to have to be perfect because they aren't perfect they have a lot of flaws themselves as Drinkwitz mentioned but if they want to win because we don't have any defense at all, they have to be perfect. Basilek has to be perfect. Beatty has to be perfect, etc. Yep. Perfect is a hard thing to be. You know, imagine a defense that once in a while picked up a pick six. Gotcha points. Well, I will say this for the defense. They have forced turnovers. Yeah. Now, we haven't really done much with them, but they have forced turnovers. It's a shame, too, because, you know, if you could combine those turnovers with any ability to stop the run, we might be okay. It's all going to come down to uh, Tennessee's battered offensive line and Missouri's undersized, horrible defensive line. Gosh, I can't imagine why they scheduled this game at 11 o'clock in the morning. It's a garbage start time with some garbage weather. But, hey, we'll be there and we'll be hammered. And you guys are welcome to come see us. And uh, we do want you to come see us. And I think, Colin, based on the responses we're getting online, I think that we might have a crowd. Good. I'll be, uh, be tickled to meet everyone. And you're going to be hammered on Bloody Marys, if I'm correct. Well, and there's going to be a lot of drugs. I mean, let's not discount the drugs, man. Well, let's, you know, people are listening to this, Colin. I think maybe one or two cops might listen. A regular amount of drugs. We're just going to have the regular amount of drugs. Oh, yeah. No, we won't do drugs. Mm-hmm. No, we don't do drugs at all. We're not going to have any cocaine at our tailgate. No, no drugs. None. No drugs. <laughs> we don't endorse drugs. They're not good for you. That's right. So, yeah, we'll be there to celebrate a win, hopefully, but... If it is a loss, I mean, we're going to be tail between our legs, limping out of that stadium, huge tailgate to put away. What kind of therapy are you going to have? Are you going to pick a fight with a Tennessee fan? Like, what gets you through that day? Oh, Brennan, I I presume that youth consultant Connor is going to come through the ecstasy, and I'll probably just sit in a chair and stare at my hand. Yeah, but we don't endorse drugs, but yes. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, Brennan, I should preface it by saying that's a bad thing to do, but I'm probably going to do it. 
Yeah, that's, that sums up. <laughs> I feel like that sums up yeah, most yeah. of your life decisions. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Full of regrets, and Tennessee will be one of them. Saturday will be one of those uh, regrets, very likely. Yep. I am hoping for a big game from Tyler Beatty. I uh, I feel like. He's been an absolute all-star this season. Well, if it's going to be raining, it's probably going to be Tyler. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We're going to keep it on the ground. Harrison Mevis, he's a true asset, and I think we learned to appreciate that uh, during the— Oh, Colin, by the way, I don't think we mentioned it. Did you see that uh, Boston College football tweeted about us? Not Mizzou. I'm talking about the Mizzodcast. I really, I really appreciated that. Well, I mean, yeah. They didn't, like, you know, they didn't like splice up some asinine you know, like, comment and try to make it into something it's not. They just basically said, hey, a middle-of-the-road SEC team should have to be able to have their way with Boston College. And I thought, where's the lie? <laughs> well, and with you know what I mean, like, you guys are sharing this, but where's the lie? That's true. They also cut you off, I think, for the second part of your sentence, which is saying, but as bad as our defense is, we can't count on a win from anybody. <laughs> but they left that off, I noticed. Well, I, I honestly don't mind them leaving it off, Brennan, because the, the, the fact that remains is like, if you want to be middle tier in the SEC, you should be able to have your way to Boston College. That statement is still true. Whether Boston College likes it or not, they can retweet it all they want. That's the fucking truth. Yeah. If, if you can't beat Boston College, middle of the road ACC school, you're go- not going to be even middle of the road in the fucking SEC, which is why we're going to be staring in the barrel of four wins this season. Right. And we're not a middle of the road team this year. We're a bad team. We've earned that mantle at this point. We are a bad team. I don't know what they think they're proving over us. We know yeah. we're bad. We're bad because we're we lost four to you. Or five games, and you guys rushed the field on us. <laughs> That's right. Congratulations, you're Kansas. Yeah, self-owned. <laughs> but anyway, it led to a huge uptick in our listens and a number of followers we got. So thank you, Boston College Football Program, for the free advertisement. I guess. Yeah. Hey guys, we make money off of ads, so keep listening, Boston College. Mm-hmm. Tweet us out all you want. If this will help, Colin, fuck you, Boston College. You fucking suck. Play that on your Twitter hey, account. Yeah. If Tennessee wants to, uh, official account wants to uh, cut up any part of this show and put it up, please. Yeah, Tennessee fans can eat a dick. Play, put, put that on there. <laughs> sure. I think we've baited enough opposing teams. It's, we, we ought to do this a little bit more when we're good, not when we suck balls. Well, I think it's the the good news is it's easier when we lose and be our bad because they're more apt to share that kind of stuff. You think Boston College would have shared that clip if we'd won <laughs> by two touchdowns? Anyways, okay. Well, let's sign off. We'll be uh, we'll be at the game bright and early. I think we're going to start things up around the seven o'clock hour at uh, Lot Inn for the Missouri Tennessee game. Game starts at eleven. We're going to have a good three to four hours of drinking, hardcore drugs, and partying. We hope you'll be part of it. Okay, Colin M I Z. ZOU. I don't know whether he's horny or mad. It's crazy. It's disturbing. <laughs>